to Word Salad Radio presents Flux Capacitors, a time travel podcast. Yes! I am your host, Joe Ketchum, and that is John Stahl once again joining me. For the third in the row of Flux Capacitors. Third time? Well, we had to round out our Josh Brolin time travel trilogy. I'm excited. Which, uh, if people on apple podcasts or wherever are confused as to what happened episode two we did men in black three on patreon for our, for our second episode of flux capacitors so, so so get on over there and sign up get on over there throw us a buck and you can check out all that sweet sweet exclusive content you will mostly not regret giving up that dollar you will mostly not regret it you'll regret like giving up like 45 cents of it well i mean patreon gets a bite of that Patreon, yeah, Patreon gets like five cents of the dollar. They get so. their taste. I can, I can handle that. that. That overhead isn't too bad. The overhead isn't too bad. It's not like some charities, you know, that are yeah upside down on how much you're giving is. Just, they give their bonuses to their people running the thing, and the kids and living in squalor get like ten cents on the, on to the live dollar. on for a month. Yeah, generous, generous. Uh, well, at least but that's a- ten cents they didn't have before. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Give the kids the goddamn dollar. <laughs> Donate to Patreon. Donate to Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/wordsalad. And what 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 do you? Where does your Patreon money go? It goes to our website hosting fees, and ideally, at some point, if we ever make enough, would go towards like advertising and updating equipment. But so far, it's pretty skimpy over there on Patreon. So anything go to Owl. Oh, and Al, yes. Uh, the okay. All the money that goes to CadaverCast goes into a, a bank account for Al's cal- college fund. So that's a good cause. That is a good cause. People go over there. Al and his dad, Jeff, run a horror podcast. Should it's a seven-year-old and his dad talking about horror movies. Like, who Don't doesn't want to listen to that? Don't you want to give money to a seven-year-old? Give money to a seven-year-old. Give, give with, with just a dollar a month, <laughs> you could help this measly seven-year-old, this puny little seven-year-old go to college 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 what, in the united states so he'll get a, a fair in, trade job in the states in the colonies <laughs> the colonies but al, al loves my british accents he loves is that them. what you're doing he loves I was them confused <laughs> how dare you sir <laughs> it's a bit muddled there whatever 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 chip <laughs> chip chipperoo it's almost like you <laughs> god damn it mary poppins <laughs> poor poor dick van dyke Apparently he was horrified when he found out his accent was terrible and nobody told him. Well, I mean, how could you ever criticize Dick Van Dyke? They were so polite. They just thought he was doing a thing. And they're like, oh, that's supposed to be a Cockney accent. Oh. 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 That was that one. I didn't get it. <laughs> we thought you had a stroke, mate. I, I was well confused, sir. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today. Nope. We started with Endgame. We moved on to Men in Black 3. And now it's time for the third Josh Brolin time travel movie, Deadpool 2. So let's wrap up this this whole Flux Capacitors thing, which is about Josh Brolin. Yep, it's our final episode. There's no point in moving on to an episode four because there's no more Josh Brolin time travel movies. And he's so hunky in everything he does. He is super duper hunky. He's got to be getting up there too. He's got to be like, like what, 50 almost? I don't know. Let's pull up the IMDb. I'm going to be the Andrew on this. 1968 is his birthday. So, 51 this year? Yeah. He turns 51, yep. if he hasn't already? 51. February 12th, so yeah, he has he's, already he's turned 51. He's 51. There you go. We solved it with math. We solved that mystery with math. <laughs> For all those people who didn't think math would come in handy in your daily life. <laughs> it still wasn't algebra, so they still got us there. 
Or calculus. Or calculus, right. Um, there's not a lot of uh, time travel stuff to talk about in Deadpool 2, so I imagine this might kidding? be a, there's a shorter episode. There's a ton episode. of things to talk about. All right, well then, you, you noticed more things than I noticed. Oh, first of all, which version of the movie did you watch? Uh, whatever was on HBO now. Okay, probably the theatrical cut then. Yeah, I would say I don't remember any scenes that I hadn't seen in the movie. Yeah, I would say the theatrical cut is the worst version of Deadpool 2. Good, I'm glad I started there. <laughs> you can build your way up. Um, there's also Once Upon a Deadpool, which is the PG-13 version with uh, Fred Savage. Do they keep that jump in and out with Fred Savage the whole time? Like uh, Yeah, yeah you, keep, Bride? you keep pulling out to Fred Savage in the Princess Bride bedroom and talking with him. That's awesome. And that's pretty much the only change other than the, uh, you know, the removing of anything gratuitously too violent or too many fucks. I don't think they say fuck actually once in the entire movie, which they're allowed to in a PG-13. Oh, they didn't want to spend their money there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the Fred Savage scenes are fun. But my favorite version of the film, the one I watched in preparation for this, is the uh, Super Duper Cut. Ooh. Which is an unrated extended cut, which is like, <gasps> which is like 15 minutes longer. Um, but they use like alternate jokes, alternate takes throughout Aww. the movie that I think are much funnier than the ones that made it into the theatrical cut or the uh, Once Upon a Deadpool cut. Because I remember seeing this and one of the complaints that people had about it was it was too much like the first movie that a lot of the jokes felt like they were on repeat or they were setting up some of the same gags yeah. that they had before. And the super duper cut still has that problem. Which is, I mean, what did you want from a Deadpool movie? I wanted it to be different than Deadpool. I wanted it to do new things, <laughs> new hilarious things. God damn it, Joe. Your expectations I know. are too expectations high. My expectations are just too high. So I think it's not uh, too controversial to say that Deadpool 2 is not nearly as good as Deadpool 1. And I think Deadpool 1, what it had going for it was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we were like knee deep in Age of Ultron and Civil War, these just heavy Marvel movies. Yeah. So Deadpool then, comes out and it's just super fun start to finish. Yeah. And they took that format i feel and said oh let's let's have a funny superhero movies they can be good um and then that's where you get like ragnarok i feel is kind of a descendant of that yeah ragnarok Obviously. definitely felt like a, a response to deadpool yeah logan felt like a response to deadpool oh, even logan though that's was the same a response uh, that's the same, same studio. studio well they were finally comfortable with a rated r movie and that a rated r movie could make money yeah a rated r superhero movie specifically yeah, it's like, they, maybe we don't want to appeal to sub-13-year-olds. Maybe we want an adult superhero movie. Which is insane to me that that's what, that's what they thought their demographic was. It's kids, which really, I guess, is what the thinking is that comic books for, are for nerds and little kids still. Right. And and they were finally like, oh, well, it did well, and it didn't rely on a, a kid demographic. Well, let's make the R-rated Logan everybody's wanted to see. Yeah, which just I also have my issues people. with uh, Logan. I like it overall. It's one of the better X-Men movies for sure. But when they're given permission to swear, it's like every other word is a fuck in that movie. It's gratuitous. Yeah, they they did go a little overboard there. Um, Though not as bad as Deadpool 2, I'd say. Like, they really upped their, their swearing <laughs> quotient. And it was, I think, a little bit needless. But, you know, it's not really about not time travel. Back. They did not hold back at all. And I have no problem with fucking swearing. I'll fucking swear up a fucking storm. But, you know, I'm also not making a movie. <laughs> True like that and, well to your point it's that they put the fucks in there to make it more adult yeah and it makes it feel like a, a high school junior wrote it 
we're, we're putting this we're putting all the cuss words in yeah all the cuss words all the cuss words and we're gonna cg a baby dick oh yeah yeah that part was <laughs> where it was like okay that was unnecessary yeah I would say also, and maybe it's just because, you know, T.J. Miller has fallen from grace. I think anything with T.J. Miller in this movie is completely pointless. Yeah, he feels like he was put in this movie because he, I don't know, needed to be. Yeah, he was was really good in the first one, but all of his stuff in the second movie is just like repeats of his gags in the first one. But like with a meta element. Yeah, I did. I you could have cast somebody else there or just not had him in there at all. It would have been the same movie. Absolutely. But let's talk about some time travel shit. That's what we're here for, time travel. So for those of you who have not seen Deadpool 2, go watch it. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I do recommend it. It's not as good as Deadpool 1, but it's still better than, I'd say, most of the X-Men movies. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And it even pokes at the X-Men movies at the end, which is fun. Yeah, there's there's nice little jabs at Fox and Disney and uh, the X-Men franchise in there. Yeah. Um, But Um, the premise is that uh, Cable, our, our hero Josh Brolin... Uh, after his family's been murdered by a mutant in the future, comes back in time to kill that mutant when he's a little kid. And yeah, he has a watch device that lets him kind of pinpoint areas in time. Yeah, he calls it sliding through time, so it's it's not a perfect process. He can kind of guesstimate where he wants to show up, though he shows up at a pretty great time, other than he has to break into a prison to kill this kid. Yeah, he, he nailed the general timeline. I think because he had a news article... That's where, you know, they were broadcasting this mutant kid had gone on a rampage and we get Deadpool as a X-Men trainee, which in itself I thought was pretty funny. They could have explored that for a while longer. Yeah, except every time he says he's an X-Men and someone yells trainee, it was really tedious. Got gratuitous. Yeah. Got got gratuitous. Even the... Like the kid, can, like the kid up it, in the school cereal. says it. Why would yeah. he know that joke? Bedlam says it on the plane. Why would he know that joke? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's weird that everybody knew that he was a trainee. Yeah. Everyone has, feels the need to correct him on that. But yeah, it is fun to see Deadpool like try to play nice and be be an X-Man. And I could have seen more of those scenes, maybe a couple of other things with the X-Men. Yeah, maybe there are deleted scenes with more of that stuff, but I haven't watched the deleted scenes for this. No, I haven't either. But I don't think they filmed that kind of stuff, but it, I, it would have been fun totally. to see him do more of that. Yeah, because he does not belong in the X-Men despite Colossus's efforts to bring him into the fold. <laughs> yeah. Which is an interesting thing to do with Colossus. I, I don't know if I ever saw him as such a goody two-shoes in the comics. Yeah, he's... Uh, it's an unusual characterization for him. He's, he's kind of usually just kind of bland. He's just like this wall of a character. He's just muscle. So at least they yeah. give him something. This wholesomeness that's, you know, character-defining. Yeah, which they play up quite often. Because the premise is Deadpool's uh, wife, girlfriend, the... Um, beautiful Marina Baccarin. Oh my gosh. She's so cool. She she is worthy of a Ryan Reynolds love interest. Yes. They are two uh, beautiful people. Uh, we start with Deadpool doing a bunch of mercenary hits, taking on all the worst of the worst guys. So we get right into the Deadpool action that you want to see. The last guy he doesn't kill and comes, and that guy comes back for revenge and shoots Vanessa. Oh, what was her name? Vanessa. Yeah. And so Deadpool is in this just funk and he's trying to kill himself and we find out he is not killable. He can't be killed. He cannot. And when he finally does, like, you know, basically destroy himself, he goes into this weird underwater scene where he is in some in-between between death and life, and he sees her, and she's telling him to do better or be better, and then he comes back. 
So we're at this real low point for Deadpool when Cable shows up. Uh, yeah, because the kid Fire Fist, that's the... That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, Fire Fist is in this home for mutants, and it's one of the bad homes, which I didn't know they had in X-Men. Yeah, it's like an alternate X-Men school, but it's abusive and horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's this horrifying orphanage where they're, they're purifying the mutants and getting rid of their mutinous. And Fire Fist goes on a rampage, and the X-Men are kind of called in, or they insert themselves in? I was never clear. I would like it that they just showed up. I think like, they just show up, yeah. There's like, a, there's oh. a mutant on the rampage. It's the X-Men's jurisdiction to step in and try and disarm that. And like, everybody's just cool with that? They're like, the X-Men are here. I guess they know what they're doing. Yeah. Until Deadpool realizes the kid's being abused in the home and then starts shooting the uh, orderlies. Yeah, he shoots who he calls Jared Kushner, which is a funny which joke. I remember that in the movie, and I laughed yeah. out loud because that yeah. guy looked like Jared Kushner. He looks like Jared Kushner. Weird <laughs> sex lips. He's like, you're weird sex lips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I laughed out loud at secret sex lips <laughs> when I watched it the other day. <laughs> I tried to write the, some of the one-liners down. There's just too many that are really good. This does still have a lot of good one-liners. No, it's got a lot of good one-liners, a lot of good new stuff. I just, I wish we didn't rehash anything from the first movie. Yeah, or, or kind of follow the rut the first movie established. Right. There's not as much fourth wall breaking in this movie as there was in the first one. Yeah, there's... He talks to the audience in monologue, but he doesn't... There's no look at the camera, wake nod to the audience like the first one had. Yeah, it muddies the rules a little bit, because in the first one you got the sense that it's one of his superpowers that he doesn't get until he yeah. becomes a mutant. But in this one, or at least in the super duper cut, there's, uh, there's a point where he does talk to the camera, even though he's got his... Uh, belt on his uh his collar on yeah. like you shouldn't be able to do that you shouldn't be aware of the audience if you don't have your superpowers yeah that does kind of break the rules a little bit because in the but theatrical is, cut but... when he gets the collar taken off he looks right in the camera says hello superpowers it's like as yeah. if he's been cut off from the audience that whole time which would have been a better version of it because that is actually one of deadpool's superpowers yes. he uses he knows he's a comic book character it's never explicitly said that but the first movie was pretty true to that and Deadpool has a lot of, in the comics, he's got a lot of powers. And, and I don't know how much of it is power creep. You know, a new writer, a new story gets written. And like, oh, Deadpool can also do this. And he can also do that. Apparently he's supposed to be super strong. Okay. Like one of the stronger heroes out there. Huh. He just is too lazy to use it. Because <laughs> he, do not he knows if everybody found out this. he was super strong, that, that they would call on him more to do things. Oh, okay. He is immune to telepathy interesting um and that's explained that his body is constantly regenerating because his cancer is also super cancer so his regenerative powers and his cancer are in this constant balance with each other so his body is constantly rearranging itself so telepathy doesn't work on him because his brain is constantly being rearranged is how they explain it hmm. can he also teleport i don't know about that that one i don't know i don't think that's what it's I know they did that in the X-Men Origins Wolverine, but I Oof. also have a Deadpool game where he can teleport. So I Ooh. thought maybe it was maybe it came from the comics somewhere. I don't know. I've seen and read some of the comics, but I'm not I I'm a casual again, I'm not an expert on Deadpool. Yeah, me either. What else? He's got some other stuff that he can do, but yeah, mostly his his ability to break the fourth wall is one of the things cuz in one of the new Spider-Man comics that he's in, he talks to Spider-Man about how he loves playing the Spider-Man game. He doesn't do any of the missions. He just he just likes to swing around. Let's be honest. If Spider-Man were real, there'd still be Spider-Man video games. There'd probably be a lot more. 
Ooh, that would be interesting. How the licensing alone would be difficult to get through. How do you? Well, I mean, it's just a, he's just a, he's just a real guy. It's like you don't need you don't really need licensing. You just what's what's Spider Man gonna do? Sue you? He's got a secret yeah, exactly. identity. He's not gonna violate his secret identity. Let's go to town and make all the Spider Man games we want. Yeah, absolutely. Costumes and everything. Oh man. So all right. So back to the Deadpool movie. Yes. Yeah. So he shoots he shoots the, one of the orderlies and then takes a couple shots at the other guys. Then he's pretty much promptly arrested, and they put the coll- the power dampening collar on him, and send him to the ice box, which is a prison for mutants. Yeah, I wish he'd thrown a little giants reference in there. Yeah, but maybe that'd be a little too esoteric for <laughs> the Deadpool audience. <laughs> I-, I feel like he throws out one. It's like a Family Guy; he can throw out whatever references he wants and doesn't give a shit if you get him. Yeah, I like that. I would have liked that. I feel like in two, they were a little more cautious of throwing out weird references. Yeah, it, it just, it feels like a very safe movie. It's like the first one yeah. was, we're going to do whatever we want. And the second one felt like a bunch of studio notes and an extra budget. And it's like a different director, which is probably part of the problem. Yeah. So. Because I know that people were confused by the tag on Deadpool 1, where it's a Fe- uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off reference. <laughs> I thought that they was great. They didn't know. I thought it was great, too. Uh, they didn't get the reference. I, I talked to people who were like, I didn't, I didn't know what he was doing there. I'm like. It's another character that talks to the audience. Yeah. It's very it's a reference meta. Of a reference. Very yeah. meta. He's referencing something else that's meta. But uh, yeah, this one they felt like they were trying to be a little more safe with the audience. Yeah, so he's in the icebox. The kid that he's with, you know, he's trying to ditch the kid as much as possible or protect him. I couldn't tell which. Yeah, he's trying to ditch the kid. At least it's maybe it's clear in the super duper cut that he does yeah. not care about this kid. He doesn't want the kid hanging around, doesn't want the kid bothering him. He just wants to die in peace with his collar on because he's got a great reference without my without my superpowers i'm basically hawkeye without a bow is that what he says yeah yeah <laughs> or give me bows and arrows and i'm basically hawkeye he says his superpower is all-consuming cancer or something along those lines <laughs> just like oh okay and then we get prison wallet prison wallet so at this point cable has cued in on the time point he needs to come in at and i assumed it was from the tv articles that there was an actual documented time that he could slip to. I think he knows Russell's life. He knows the history. So he knows about what he's shooting for. He just can't be specific with it because yeah. the further he goes back in time, the more unstable it is, which is an interesting take on a time slide that and, uh, it's an imperfect machine. It can't go to a specific instant, a specific explains, place. But you, explains why you don't have people trying to kill Hitler. Yeah. Because <laughs> it would be too far back. You would end up too far in or out of your mark. We'll come back to killing Hitler in a bit. Ooh, you got something with that. I do. <laughs> now, the the mechanic that I needed, let's let's face it, the Deadpool 2 time travel mechanic is pretty loose uh, because there are, there are moments later on when they do a time jump, but you just end up back in rewinding time that you're in of your own timeline. Yeah, I want to talk about that too because when Where, at the end of the movie, after Deadpool dies... Yes. Cable uses his one other jump through time to go back like an hour, maybe. And he's himself. Yes. Interacting with the younger Deadpool again and slips the token into his pocket from chest so that he can killed. shoot it and it saves his life. And then does that cable live that timeline again, doing all the exact same things he did before? I knowing I don't know. the outcome? The only thing I can think is that that cable replaced 
It's like it's not his conscience going back and replacing the earlier. I think he went back further than that and replaced him er- his earlier self. Like completely earlier self? Yeah, like he went back, told his his earlier self, like, I got this. Go ahead back to the future with your family. And then he sticks around to save Deadpool and oh, his that... family. Yeah, they don't seem much concerned about timeline causality. So... No, it's, it's, it's really not. It's a little annoying, actually, because this is a single timeline that gets overwritten by the actions of Cable in the past. Which we know because he's got this burnt charred blood covered bear that he carries around everywhere that's that was his daughter's and when they succeed in reforming russell it goes clean white again and so we know that the future's been restored but when you do that then why did cable why did cable go back in time that's exactly right there's no point to it and i guess you could probably make an argument that since cable goes back again and there's two cables in the present and he maybe sends his other self to the future to continue on his life. I don't know. It's it's all very that, that's not where okay. I thought there was some some stuff to talk about in there where the where the rules get a little loose with the Deadpool movies here. Because then how does he appear in the timeline where he shows up to attack the prison? He's not there, so can the the time travel device physically teleport him, or it can just. Or is it like your theory, you just do jump and then he told his younger self, hey, get out of here, I got this. Well, I don't think he teleported into the prison. He appears... No, 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 a, he appears somewhere. In a field in the, with a Matt city. Damon. Yeah, which I didn't know was Matt Damon the first time I saw it. Me Matt either. Matt Damon and Alan Tudyk. Me, I, I recognized Alan Tudyk, obviously, but I did not recognize Matt Damon. Talking about toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the biggest lie in human civilization is? Toilet paper. You, you wake up with a pile of shit on your face. What are you going to do? Rub a little toilet paper on it and call it good? <laughs> <laughs> no, you are going to scrub that with soap and water. So you get a moist towelette and then maybe finish it off with the toilet paper to get the excess moisture. Maybe a blow dryer if you got one. Like, that's a that's, really funny monologue. It was a great cameo. Yeah, great with cameo. With Alan Tudyk really just sitting and going, mm-hmm, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Alan Tudyk, like... Why are you there? Completely wasted. I wanted to know that too. Because that's obviously a conscious casting choice. Yeah, I mean... Two Firefly cast members. Yeah. Who's the other? What? Who am I missing? (laughs) Baccaran. Oh, of course. Marina Baccaran. Yeah. She was was Firefly and so was Alan Tudyk. Of course, of course. I was like, what? Another Firefly alum in here? Yeah. I think it's because her... The Vanessa character is so different from Inara. Oh, she is. She's very different. Yeah. Really shows a lot of range on uh, Marina Baccarin. She's so cool. She's she's the best. And way too oh. pretty than should be legally allowed. She's just, yeah. And she's she's an awesome actress. I love yeah, her. Yeah, she's a really good actor. I wish she did more stuff. Like I wish they'd given her more to do in this movie. That yep. would be the other thing. I was like, oh, it's kind of another. This is where the repeat of the movie comes in. It's about getting the girl again. And she's like his prize for doing all this and saving the kid doing the right thing oh you get your you get to have a family oh yay (laughs) i was hoping that from the previous deadpool would you know she'd been put through some of the torture testing to make her a mutant i was hoping we would get some mutant powers out of her in this one oh yeah because doesn't that character have superpowers in the comics i think i heard that at some point oh i don't know too casual i think pretty much everyone gets superpowers in comic books you get a superpower and you get a superpower and you get a superpower and jane foster becomes thor i'm all right with that yeah works for me so yeah so um yeah so cable teleports in we have that scene 
it's almost i thought they're gonna do some terminator-esque references here yeah like surprisingly a few terminator references i can't actually think of one no i, don't I feel like think... there were there oh was they did one. they did a john connor reference yeah he calls uh, him john connor yeah yeah there's more Josh um, Brolin references than Terminator references. Right. I did like that, where he calls him Thanos. Hold yeah. up there, Thanos. And then uh, the 511 thing is like, he's much shorter than in the comics. Yes. Yes. Because Cable's supposed to be, Cable's supposed to be a big fuck off dude. But he is very imposing in this. Yeah, they did a great job uh, with the Cable character. Just the, uh, and the Winter Soldier reference. Yeah. The robotic arm. There's a lot of Avengers references. Brown a Panther. Lot. Brown Panther. Yep. Yes. Hawkeye, um, Thanos. I want them to mix Deadpool into the main canon. Can't they? Can't they do it, Joe? Will they do it? I don't think they can or will. Well, it's all under Disney's flagship now. I mean, they could. I just don't think they will. No, I think Deadpool is rated R, and they're gonna keep Deadpool off the side. I think they'll yeah they'll keep it at under the Fox logo. They'll they'll move X Men over. I assume yep. we'll get news about that next month. Integrate X Men and. I don't know. Well, yeah, Deadpool. You think they'll try a Fantastic Four? They, I mean, might as well. Not been successful yet, but... <laughs> I like the last Fantastic Four, but I'm the only one. <laughs> oh, I did not enjoy that one. I know, most people didn't. I liked it. Not, mm, Joe. Mm. <laughs> it has problems for sure, but it's way better, I think, than the previous two Fantastic Fours. I'll give fours. you that. I'll give you that. It was much better than the previous Fantastic Fours. Those were garbage. Absolute garbage. They were really, really bad. But we have uh, Chris Evans, so I'm waiting for him to say flame on as Captain America. <laughs> well, we don't have Chris Evans anymore. Flame on. Though he may pop up in the distant future oh. in a cameo. Let's only, let's hope. Let's hope, because I love Chris Evans as Captain America. Yeah, I'll be interested where they go with this. Time travel More time travel stuff. So yeah. where do you fall on the, does Cable replace himself, or does his consciousness get zapped back if he's... If there's two cables there, can they only have one consciousness? I figured they... Now that you've kind of talked me into it that there's multiple cables, I just assumed the thing had inconsistent rules. Well, wait, what about Deadpool? Because at the end, Deadpool recharges the time travel device and then starts popping through the timeline doing random things that are funny. Yeah. I, I he feel goes like... back and saves Vanessa yeah. from being shot by the bad guy. So we'll see if Deadpool 3 has Vanessa in it. <laughs> if they just yeah. ignore all the whole movie basically. Cuz him um, him saving Vanessa would completely change the outcome of Deadpool 2. Yes. That's a massive would... thing to alter in his own personal timeline. Because then he doesn't join the X-Men as a trainee. Trainee. He doesn't then even meet Russell. So Deadpool comes back icebox. and kills Russell. So maybe yep. that's just the timeline ironing it out. <laughs> <laughs> and and so all the all the effort of cable is undone because deadpool goes and fixes his own timeline yeah that'd be very deadpool deadpool would probably still have his memories of that timeline because he knows he's in a movie and he's seen that movie yeah. but he gets I, it i feel like it might be a dig at like uh marvel post-credit scenes that usually do not matter yeah are usually not even canon they just they're just there for they're fun. just there to like set something up tease something be fun but usually have zero impact on the franchise? Yes. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it or if it even mattered. And so he just goes around. You could I could you could argue that it's just all for fun cuz then and what, again, he goes Why does to he the replace movie? himself saving Vanessa? Why doesn't he pop up as Deadpool save exactly. Vanessa when his previous self failed to do so? That would be the better tag, right? Where he misses with the cheese spreader and then 
then the dude just gets shot and he peeks in to the door. Got you guys. And yeah. then is off. Got you covered. Time travel. <laughs> Time travel. And, and then, then his like, previous self could make like a meta joke about it. I, or like Vanessa could have wanted a threesome. I don't know. Something along those lines. Something would have been great for that. Now let's all make that super baby together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's all make a super baby. That would have that would have been the better. And then we wouldn't have this. Did he replace himself and then run off? Because he's like, I gotta go. And then he takes off from there. That's right. He time travels. He, he has the time travel wrist. So he's replaced himself saves her then time travels out and then just leaves that scene but where's altogether. his previous self where's That's the other I deadpool to know. Craziness. i don't know and um but then the things they do are really funny too because it pokes at the bizarrity of the x-men movies yeah they could have done more with him like popping around trying to fix the uh the timeline of the x-men movies because <laughs> he says in the first deadpool that the timelines are so confusing he could have like, oh yeah fixed it where, uh, yeah, because in the first one, he's getting dragged away by Colossus off the bridge. He's like, you're going to see, you're going to... Uh, We're going to take you to Professor X. Professor X. The he Professor. Goes, he goes, which one, Patrick Stewart or... <laughs> James McAvoy. <laughs> James McAvoy. These timelines time are, so are so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so they could have dug that a little deeper, I think. I think so, uh, too. But the let's face it, the, the what was it? Was it not a Logan, but it was the X-Men movie, the Wolverine movie, was just awful. It was, but, you know, I rewatched them all recently because I was going to go see Dark Phoenix. I decided not to because apparently it's fucking awful. Oh, I was hoping that they could figure out how to make a good No, apparently it's just the worst garbage. So I'll wait for it to come out on video and I'll pick up a code cheap. But I rewatched them all and I was like, I'd rather watch X-Men Origins than Last Stand. Like, Last Stand is really, really awful. Ugh, I don't want to watch any of them. Yeah, I mean, they're they're all pretty bad. I remember when they did the the Wolverine movie where they were introducing Deadpool, and I was like, great, Ryan Reynolds, great. And then they just shit all over that. Because mm-hmm. the teleporting thing, I think, came from that he had a bunch of superpowers, like, muddied together. In that yeah, movie. They, they took the powers from various mutants, including Wolverine's healing ability. Yes. And then put it all into Wade Wilson. Yeah. That made no... And then, then they had to shoot Wolverine in the head with an adamantine bullet like he was a werewolf. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a good movie. I'm saying it's better than Last Stand, and it's better than Apocalypse. I never saw Apocalypse. Apocalypse is painful. It's so bad. It is painful. It's not like like Wolverine's kind of boring and you know stupid, and Last Stand has some interesting, okay stuff, but mostly it's really boring. Apocalypse is a painful movie to sit through. All right, I'll just skip it then. Yeah, I don't know if Dark Phoenix is worse than that, but right now that's the worst X Men movie. Why can't they make a good X-Men movie? I mean, they used to make good X-Men movies. Yeah, they weren't bad. Like, X2 still holds up. I say, yeah, now that I think about it, like, the, the first couple of X-Men movies were not terrible. The first X-Men movie's pretty good. X2's great. Yeah. First Class and Days of Future Past are great. Yeah. Although the rogue cut is unnecessary. Future Past was fun. So no, they're, they're, right. It's a very hit or they're miss hit or series, miss. but there's some fun stuff in there for sure. And the uh, and the timeline's all fucked. Like, people oh, make fun of the MCU timeline. Yeah. I was like, it doesn't hold a candle to the X-Men timeline. They seem to just ignore movies frequently. I heard it pointed out somewhere, like maybe on a podcast. It was like, as long as you're familiar with the most recent X-Men movie, you'll be okay with this one. But if you go back more than one movie, the timeline is fucked. <laughs> well, that, that was Days of Future Past, because you look at it, you're like, wait, Patrick Stewart is back, but he died in the Phoenix episode, a movie. But he comes back in the, the Phoenix yeah. movie. Right. At the end, so. Does he? Presumably he comes back and has his powers still. 
okay. <laughs> yeah. That's real dumb. It was, it was all bad. It was none of it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that movie, yeah, the Days of Future Past is, okay, we're going to ignore much of the uh, previous movies, just let it ride. We'll do, a, we'll do a future episode of Flux Capacitors about Days of Future Past. That'd be a good one. Because there's some interesting stuff going on in that one as far as the time timeline, time yeah. travel. So are we set on that Deadpool replaces himself? I, or... I think he goes to an earlier point and, you know, knocks himself out, or I guess that wouldn't really work, but talks to himself and replaces himself. Well, because, uh, of course, his future, or his past self would totally get that his future self has come back to the future. And then they would make out or something, they'd probably have sex, and make then he would go innuendo. off and save Vanessa. Which is weird to me that Deadpool is this, people really like this macho character, but he has so many, like, pansexual overtones. Oh, yeah. Which... It feels very Ryan Reynolds to me, like he's pansexual in real life. Is he? I didn't know that. Yeah. So it feels like him bringing a personal touch to Deadpool being very gender bendy and very pansexual and up for anything. That that feels, I don't know if that's rooted in the comics at all, but it's purely Ryan Reynolds for sure. Well, right. Uh, no, Deadpool totally does those types of things. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a bunch of Spider-Man references where like they're tied up together once and he's like, oh, I'm getting aroused. <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> okay. is like, get off of me. Well, there you go. So is maybe why the Ryan, character spoke so prominently to Ryan Reynolds and why, why he wanted to get this done. For it. Yeah. He is the perfect person for the for that part. And he's really championed it, too, because they didn't even want to do a Deadpool movie. And no, he that's released how they made a bunch that, of like, fan film. Yeah, the teaser. Yeah, that teaser footage stuff that got leaked. Quote, unquote, <laughs> quote, unquote leaked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wink wink and and it just blew up the internet and everybody wanted it and then i heard a rumor there was like a rumor after deadpool one that the second love interest was going to be a, a dude and oh. of course all all the guys were like deadpool can't be in deadpool's a macho gun loving guy he wouldn't do that and ryan reynolds was like look i'm not saying it is or it isn't but deadpool would be cool with it either way yeah because it's not like any macho gun loving guys don't secretly harbor homosexual tendencies no, Joe. Those are hard, <laughs> red-blooded Americans. They're hard-throbbing, red-blooded Americans. Oiling up their chests, <laughs> touching each other sensually, but it's not gay. It's not gay. A slap Especially on if you the say, ass. If you say no homo first, it's A all A tap good. of the nuts. As long as you say no homo, right. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You called it. It's all right. Uh, how do you feel about Negasonic Teenage Warhead fixing the time machine? I didn't. I don't know anything about her as a character. So if she has those technical capabilities, okay. I mean, I I know she's based on a real comic character, but her yeah, the comic character has apparently completely different abilities. I don't know what she does in the comic book. It was an interesting thing to give her because we don't know that she has any tech abilities, and then suddenly we get a tech ability. I'm fine with it overall that she could fix this thing and repower it because it seemed like just the way Josh or uh, not rolling but uh cable was talking about it you know i get two trips that's it then this yeah. thing is done and if he can't figure out how it like, works and fix it and recharge it then why can this girl in the 21st century do it not that being right. a girl is a problem i'm just saying she's a young she's young she's a student it's like she's why does she have to know how to do this yeah how she's she fix it she's totally tech inferior device. why like, why is her poking around with a screwdriver actually working i don't know again it's part of the movie right there's there's pretty loose stuff going on here it, it would be cool if Deadpool, like, did a meta thing, and it was like, he took it to Doc Brown. Oh, and, yeah. And Doc Brown fixed it. Like, that I they could had... get on board with, but NTW were uh, pulling it off felt a bit weird to me. Yeah, and maybe, again, it's in that, like, we only have access to so many X-Men characters. The Though it is funny that the, the X-Men cameo. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, that was part of the first joke, right? That in yeah. the first one is he's in the, the, the mansion and there's nobody there. He's like, where is everybody? Every time I come here, it's just you and brooding teenager. Which is a great joke in the first one that they did not need to do again in the second one. Exactly. And if they did... I had wanted more people maybe just peeking around the corner and they see Deadpool and they just, you know, like, run off really fast. That he's so obnoxious, nobody wants to deal with him. I would be okay with that. I'm okay with the X-Men cameo. Yeah. But I'm not sure it justifies doing that exact same joke again. It was the exact same joke. That was the the thing about it. I don't know, they could have pulled it off in another way. Yeah, same with the, like, regrowing his body parts. That joke was pretty much the same again. Where Juggernaut rips him in half and he's yeah. regrowing his lower half. Because uh-huh. it's kind of the hand thing again, where he's regrowing his hand. And a, a lot of needless jokes from T.J. Miller in that scene. Like, Ugh. oh, painful. Painful T.J. Miller jokes in that scene. It's his basic instinct. Oh, yeah, that was... That felt like... Because he did the thing, which I was fine with. I was like, okay, he's doing the leg thing. But then it was like explaining the joke to say, oh, it's basic instinct. I, and I get your most of your audience does not get basic instinct as a reference but you didn't need to explain the joke to us. You could have just left it as a one percenter. We got the reference. Some people did, and if you didn't, I don't know, then you can read a great online Easter egg about the 15 jokes in Deadpool you didn't get. Right, exactly. Save it for the YouTubers, man. Give them something to do. I feel like, the because this movie has Ryan Reynolds as a screenwriter on it. Yeah. He's credited as helping with the screenplay, and I feel like, a lot of this might be him going, no, we have to do this joke, we have to do that joke. It killed in the first movie. Yeah. I can't say that for sure, but, like, the first movie was tight. It was the the other two writers on their own. I feel like throwing Ryan Reynolds in there, into the mix to get a writing credit might have been some of this stuff. Maybe. Maybe. And then studio. And studio, yes. Like, a lot of it feels like studio interference. They should have, uh, I mean, upping the budget, didn't, I don't think, did much. No. Gave us some in more fact, ambitious action CG sequences. fight fest. Yeah. yeah. So that's in, fine. In the first movie, they, he leaves his guns in the cab before uh, the final fight. And I had heard that there had been this bigger fight planned, but they couldn't afford the budget for it. With lots oh, of right. guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, they came up with the joke on the fly. That he, just, that he forgets the guns behind, yeah. And then he's got to do everything kind of low, low. And so I think... This, again, suffers from probably more budget where they're like, yeah, let's have a big CG fight fest. We can afford that. I don't know. I'd be curious to see some of the breakdown of what what happened. Absolutely. I always blame studio interference, though. Anytime something goes wrong, like, clearly it was the studio that did it. (laughs) Clearly. Clearly an executive at the top just shit down on everybody at the bottom. (laughs) We would have gotten a Citizen Kane of Deadpool movies. (laughs) (laughs) It's someone's fault. I can tell you that. Somebody let that go. And whether it was somebody wouldn't say no to Ryan Reynolds or somebody at the top said, this has to appeal to more people. Less off-the-wall jokes. Yeah, let's, do, let's really do, explain it to the 13 to 18-year-olds. That still went and saw this movie anyway because they have bad parents. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could talk about Domino as a sort of time travel thing. Domino has a cool power. She has a really cool ability. Really cool. Yeah, and I didn't think and, about it watching it, but like when you're that tuned into the universe and things are just happening for you that's a kind of wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing the and just the confidence that she knows it will turn out right yeah she's almost this oracle in that things will go well for me maybe not for you but things are gonna go well for me yeah she can't swear to anyone else but she's gonna be fine like when the truck crashes and she lands in the big soft panda bear 
yeah. and everyone else should be dead. <laughs> and I bet a lot of people did die in the in the icebox, right? Poor Black Tom. Yeah, Black Tom died by being shot. You racist. Yep. <laughs> racist. I did like the Deadpool racist or the uh, cable racist jokes. I thought that was something fresh and interesting for this. It's like you, I even when he's dying, like you promised me that you will start <laughs> judging people not by the color of their skin, but the content, the of, their content of their character. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> I would have liked with Cable, since he's from the future, some more, you know, shitting on the past. Yeah. He did a little bit. He's like, your generation fucked everything up. And he's like, okay, let's, let's have more of that, because they just treat him like the old man. And he's like, I'm chronologically older than you but in the timeline you're older than me right you're doing things that are my past right so i thought he should have shit on them a little bit about that and been like what are you talking about like dubstep's classical music or something dubstep's for pussies (laughs) i could get on board with that so that would have been i think more to his character because if we went to the past we would definitely condescend everyone in the past oh oh, really you still believe such and such you moron mm. That's a real stupid hat you're wearing. <laughs> what Maybe is... you should wear your pants higher up. <laughs> Can you get them up to your armpits? Oh yeah, we'd be total dicks to people in the past. We would be. And we're way nicer than Cable. I'm glad they did let Cable have a sense of humor, even though he, he was supposed to be, you know, seeking vengeance for his family. He feels like he feels like a well-rounded character. He wasn't just this one, one-liner of, I have to get revenge, I have to get revenge. He had some funny stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he calls Deadpool uh, a clown in a sex costume. Yeah, <laughs> your super secret sex lips. <laughs> <laughs> or at the end when they when he sees the headmaster running, he's like, he even runs like a pervert. <laughs> like, we got a sense that he actually does have humor. So in the end credits, after he saves Vanessa and after he kills himself in X-Men Origins Wolverine, and after he kills himself reading the Green Lantern script. You're welcome, Canada. In the super duper cut, there's another scene. Oh, where he's time traveling. And I didn't notice I didn't I've seen the super duper cut before, but I guess I didn't watch the credits because I assumed they were the same. But I watched it last night so I could talk about the time travel stuff. And there's another scene where he shows up in a hospital and you're like, what is this? What is going on here? And it turns out he's there to kill baby Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like having this real moral dilemma about it because like, oh, this is so much harder than everyone thinks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay I, I wish i had just seen that cut then that would have been great yeah you, you could probably find that scene on youtube but he's All like right, he's I... like really torn up about it he's like oh he's so cute oh but he's a monster <laughs> i gotta do this <laughs> and then he's like and, and then it cuts a like he's like going in to strangle the kid like the from the camera's point of view and then yeah. it cuts to more credits and it cuts back to him just like cradling baby hitler <laughs> and he's like oh you stink it smells like hitler's anus which i guess is accurate <laughs> i'm just gonna change your diaper i'm gonna send my buddy cable back here to kill you he loves killing kids <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good yeah it's like it's such a weird scene but it's such a deadpool thing to do to actually do what every time traveler says they're gonna do is go back and kill hitler and then get there and go, hmm, this is, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I'm yeah. out. this is not as easy <laughs> as I thought it would be. Explore the complexities of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. That's a good one. But that's it. That's all the time travel stuff I have. Yeah, I can't think of any real time travel stuff on it either. I wish the time travel rules were cleaner. Yeah. I could forgive a lot of the uh, grown-worthy jokes in this if the time travel was interesting and made sense. Glad that's your, like, bar for that. It's my bar for that. I forgive a lot in a really good time travel movie. That's true. 
Uh, or if the time travel had a really interesting mechanic to it. Mm-hmm. Other than it slides and it's hard to pinpoint. You're like, okay. All right, that, and you can change whatever you want and it doesn't affect the fact that you doesn't... came back to change whatever you want. Yeah. It, there's there's no consequences yeah. to your time travel. So that's a bit lazy. I mean, he even says it in the movie. He's like, I only got two charges. Well, that's <laughs> just lazy writing. That's just lazy writing. Which in the trailer, he says that to a different... Cable has a line like, you're out of time, dumbass. Yeah. And he looks at the camera and goes, well, that's just lazy writing. I feel like they, they did that a lot with that Deadpool. And just other trailers now, they cut it in a way so you don't see what the movie is. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... The, the time travel mechanic is pretty contrived. It's a MacGuffin to get you around, but doesn't have really any serious, serious rules. Which, it feels like it can do whatever you want. Yeah. Which I guess you'd expect in a Deadpool movie that, that the rules can be bent and broken, but... But I feel that's only by Deadpool. Yeah, it's like, that's why I'm fine with it when he has a time machine, and he's jumping into other movies and killing actor Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Like, that or makes sense with his powers and Jumping and into a another travel. Wolverine movie with, with Ryan Reynolds as the Deadpool character, and then shooting that character. Yeah. Like, we're all okay with that. The rest of the time travel should probably be a bit more uh, logical. I also didn't like that T.J. Miller seemed to also be able to make some meta references about the movie as well. Yeah, he has like one in the first movie. He does, which I didn't like. But it kind of, I kind of just dismissed that as coincidental. All right, you but, let it ride. But these, it? these really feel like he's aware that he's in a movie. Like he wants to be a Deadpool character. Yeah, he's a Deadpool light. I was going to ask if you wanted to mash up a quick analrapist on this. Anal rapist? Sure. <laughs> I've, I've combined analysis and therapist into a new career. Here's my card. All right. Cue the theme music then. Are you, are you, you're going to put the theme music in it because I can't hear it. <laughs> I'm going gonna to add it in later. Is this, is it, or is it like a Deadpool thing? Everybody else hears it and I don't. Yeah, yeah. everyone else is Deadpool and you're not. Oh. So, Analrapist is the, uh, the the best title I've come up with for a show that John and I have been talking about doing for Word Salad Radio, where we take a movie and we force each other to come up with weird interpretations for it, like weird commentaries it's making on the real world. Yeah. So... Without without any preparation, John, do no, you want do you, you want to none. challenge me to convince you that Deadpool two is about something completely off the wall? I do, I do. Do I have to come up with you? You are you going to challenge me? I'll challenge you with one too. All right, so I have to come up with what what is the commentary of Deadpool two? Yeah. Okay, I got one. All right, you want to go first? Am I convincing you of something? Okay. Or or, right. or are you giving me something to convince you of? Okay, convince me that Deadpool 2 is actually hashtag me too. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Deadpool, as we've talked about, is very sex positive. He is very sex He's positive. He's very sexually fluid, but I also feel like there's a, a strong emphasis on consent to Deadpool. And how? How do you, where, where's the consent in Deadpool? I mean, especially in Deadpool 1, when he's getting pegged. Yes. It's like, clearly that is uh, something that he's consensual about and he's resistant to, uh, but he does get into it and it comes back in Deadpool 2 where he wants her to peg him to make a baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So they're they're a very sex positive couple. They're, they're very much on the same page with the safe words and the consent. So it's we're we're looking up to Deadpool as a character as like if if a, your partner does not want to be touched, does not want to do something, then that is it. That's the end of the discussion. You don't try to convince them. You don't try to try to trick them. You just let it go. Counterpoint. Okay. He fondles um, the butt of Colossus. <laughs> quite to his, quite to quite to the consternation of Peter, which is I think the actual name of Colossus. What about that? He does. Uh, he does, and I don't want to make excuses for unwanted sexual content uh, contact because mm-hmm. uh, he is grieving at that point. I mean, he's a flawed character. I could see, but I'm not here to help you. He is. He is flawed. So let's see. Why are why are we supposed to recognize that that's a bad thing that he's doing? That- that's not okay. That he's, that he's not? Well, I didn't feel that Colossus gave him any permission to sexually touch his bottom. Nope, and Colossus even tries to remove his hand. Clearly, Deadpool is grooming Colossus for abuse as he shows up later on in a, outside the window of Colossus talking about how he needs to come and help grooming yeah. him for sexual abuse. And in the super duper cut, when Colossus does show up, Deadpool tries to give him a blowjob. <laughs> Jesus. Which I thought you were going to bring up. I didn't see that scene. Otherwise, yes, I would. Well, I think there's a, a version of it in the theatrical cut where he's got the railroads, the spike in his head, and he's, yeah. you know, making eyes at him. Eyes at Colossus. I was like, and I was going to defend it as well. He has brain damage. So he doesn't know what he's doing until, the, until the spike is pulled out of his head. But in the super duper cut, he does drop to his knees and start to, like, unbuckle Colossus's belt. <laughs> and Colossus <laughs> stops him and pulls the thing out of his head. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's pretty good you've not convinced me yet i i i think that in the the scene where he grabs colossus's ass i think we're meant to see that as a metaphor for even when you're not in the right headspace even when you're grieving that's not okay to do so like we look up to deadpool through most of the movie we look at him as a an example of what to do kind of more and more over the course of the movie because he also treats um uh, Russell very poorly mm-hmm. because he's grieving and he doesn't care and it's about like looking past your mistakes to become a better person I can see that that he's evolving as a person becoming yeah, more so- than who he was I mean that's Vanessa's whole message to him from beyond the grave right his heart is in the wrong place he's got to become a better person uh, in his dick he's got to he's got to stop thinking with his dick so I think that I'm not sure mm. why he is so on like from the start with Vanessa it's very much I respect you and I want to make sure we're on the same page with all of this but with Colossus he feels more comfortable like flirting with him and grabbing his ass maybe because he knows that he's not going to go for it it's kind of like having a theater background everyone flirts with everyone oh it's a disgusting mess of fuckery yeah but it's just kind of the culture especially like guys on guys it's like hilarious to uh, (laughs) flirt with your guy co-stars I, I get that. I get that. We we have a thing. We have a... And I do remember from my own past, so I'm sorry to this guy if I uh, crossed a line. No, but, you didn't with but, me. It's okay, John. It wasn't you. <laughs> I, oh. I know I can't ever cross a line with you, John. No, I have no lines. But uh, back when I was at SMC, it was very, very flirtatious with everyone in the, the theater community. Everyone had a real good time. And there was one time I was hugging this guy, this big bear of a guy, and I let my hand slide down just like this and grab his ass. 
And he laughed his ass off because, you know, we were on the same page. We knew what that was. Yeah. But, you know, he does uh, he does assault Colossus a little bit, which I think I think we're meant to recognize as a bad thing. I think so. Well, it makes Colossus uncomfortable and there's the comedy in it, right? Yeah. And we see Colossus like moving his hand away as like, ladies, if you're uncomfortable, you can do something about it. It's you true. can say something, you can, you're not, it's not being rude to like step up and, you know, say, hey, I'm not okay with you touching me like that. Now, do you think Deadpool maybe picks up on Colossus's unspoken homosexuality? He's like such a moral goody goody. I can't do this. I can't do that. Maybe it's repressing something. I mean, I don't really get that character. impression that uh, he is a repressed homosexual. No, I don't know. Maybe Deadpool sees it. Maybe Deadpool's picking up on something I'm not, but uh, he—he's clearly not. Uh, Coloss- Wade is clearly not Colossus's type. If he is, oh, oh no, Colossus is probably into more of a Hulk character. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, and of course, along with the Me Too thing, you also have Russell and the other abused mutants who are victimized. Oh yeah, there's a whole set about being yeah. victims. So they might just be physically abused but it can all it's all a substitution for sexual abuse and maybe literal sexual abuse that isn't is explicitly told to us yeah you're on, you're on the way i feel pretty convinced that the this is a sex positive movie cool cool you did it joe yes all right well, you have something for me or you just want to leave it one-sided no i got one for you too oh shit all right i want you to convince me that deadpool 2 is advocating that the washington redskins should change their t- name Hmm, and that's because the Washington Redskins Are, is, is hugely racist. It is Redskins n- is about potatoes, right? <laughs> nope, it's not. It's a racial slur against Native Americans. That's much more problematic. It is much more problematic than a potato. I, I had originally thought that was a potato-related uh, issue, but that <laughs> would make no sense that a sports team would be named after potatoes. That okay? Well, you need to advocate for changing the Washington Redskins. And that's what this whole movie is really about. Well, the whole movie is really about convincing the Redskins to change their name to something more politically sure. correct and inclusive. Well, that's where the movie sets us up the whole ways, right? Mutants in the X-Men universe are a second-class citizen. Even Deadpool points out that X-Men is a, uh, a throwback to the racial tension of the 60s, which has always been an underlying theme in all of the X-Men superhero mutant movies, which Deadpool is in that, in that flavor, so we'll, we'll throw him in that arc there. Deadpool, who is red and black himself, the embodiment of the red skin, is going through this movie pushing against that stereotypes. He comes out as he tries to play with the, the world as it is, so he ends up as an X-Men trainee. He ends up trying to be part of the machine to change things for the better, but he just ends up in the icebox. And so he says, fuck it, I'm going to play the game my own way. And he goes after the the haters in mutant culture forcefully. And he, he comes in, he's got this kid that he's trying to mentor later on, Russell, after he sees that he needs to be a better example of how to move forward with society, with our cultural viewpoints to, to undo these racial legacies. And he, he takes this fat New Zealand kid, and he's trying to be a better person for him to show him how how you get forward with these terrible racial stereotypes. As like I said, bodying the red skin, and the kid pushes back. He doesn't. He doesn't want to engage either, and he has to show through his literal death that you can move beyond these things 
by dying, by giving up the symbol of the red skin himself. And in doing so, his suit turns black and becomes black suit Deadpool. Ah. Yeah, it's a good point that he has the line about how the X-Men are a dated throwback analogy metaphor for racism in the 60s. But, you know, obviously we still have these issues. And so just because something is dated does not mean it's irrelevant. No, no. And that's, I think, where Deadpool is pushing that message through the whole movie as being his own person. And so, you know, wearing the red suit, owning the color that he has... He really shows us that the Washington Redskins need to let that really tired stereotype fall into the dustbin of history where it belongs. I like it. Very good. That was fun. We should do that yeah, more. We should. That's fun. Is it better to like be have it sprung upon you during the recording, or is it better to have it ahead of time where you can like really break it down and really go into detail? I like being sprung on. Maybe we could do both. The improvisational. Oh, you get you get one. You, you get one, one you ahead of time and one sprung on you. One random. I like that. Could be interesting to explore for a future episode of Anaurapis. Anaurapis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got anything else, Joe? Um, I don't think so. All right. Do you want to do plugs and recommendations? Plugs and recommendations. I'm trying to think. What am I watching right now? Nothing useful. I'm watching Pose. That's what I've been watching, kind of off and on. Pose. Pose. It's a Netflix series. Oh, I've seen ads for this. It's pretty good. It's a little heavy. It takes place in the 80s, uh, kind of mid to mid 80s. And it's about uh, kind of the queer experience uh, in, in the 80s. So if you think like, what was RuPaul's Drag Race before RuPaul? It's this underground scene that they call the balls. And um, there are these houses... And the houses are basically like uh, somebody who takes in a bunch of just queer kids. They could be gay, they could be transsexual, they could just be non-conforming in some way. And the ball is a place where they come together and they they show off what they've got. So they'll be, much like in RuPaul's Drag Race, they'll have some theme to the event. And you've got to dress up and you've got to show your best. Outside of that, it's really driven by these characters and their experiences. So um, one of the people we follow is a, is a young black man whose family rejects him. And he comes to, the, to New York to become a dancer. We see um, a transgendered woman trying to start her own house after her AIDS diagnosis. And she wants to leave a legacy of things beyond her. So it's, it's just a really cool character-driven story. It's fun. Well, not fun, but it's good i say it's well written well acted a good experience point of view so that's my what, where did you say it's streaming on hulu netflix on netflix okay yep i will have to check it out when i have more inclination to watch tv shows you're doing movies right now doing a lot of movies but i did uh, me and amanda did watch stranger things three so oh, i'll recommend I need to that. see that was it good it's good i think it's the weakest of the three seasons but it's still very good like that's a that's a solid series um the third season gets a little weird a little convoluted but it works for me i liked it that's all i have to say about it. <laughs> stranger things 3 i recommend that's all i got to say that's about all that i got to say about that yeah i also went and saw men in black international last night which was fine <laughs> that's that's a recommendation i guess it's it's you know, fine you know yeah. if you can see it for free like i did go see it for free <laughs> if you want a movie where you can go make out nobody cares yeah yeah movie. there's there's probably going to be very few people in the theater 
I mean, by the time this comes out, it's probably not even showing anymore. But uh, it needed a rewrite for sure. But there's some cool stuff in it. All right. It's did, no Stranger did... Things 3, but... Or you can go back and listen to our Men in Black 3 podcast. That's right. Patreon.com slash WordSalad. Whoop, whoop. You got it. I would also plug and recommend Patreon. Do it. It's good. Throw throw Joe a dollar. Yeah. It's the it's the Christian thing to do. If you like that kind of thing. If, if you like that, that kind of thing. <laughs> if you're not, then it's the Satanist thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't really discriminate. So whatever whatever makes you do nice things for other people, it's the that thing to do. It's that. To insert that goodwill. Yeah. Give Joe. Because you're really giving a young boy a dollar. Yeah, you're really giving a young boy 50 cents to go to college. Which he'll get a good community college out of that i hope <laughs> well hopefully by the time he has to go to college it'll be free anyway uh <laughs> but then that but then that movie can that money can go towards other things that he will need as a college student because as we know college is just tuition right that's the only part of college you have to worry about yeah yeah you just need tuition you don't need to feed yourself or clothe yourself or you know or pay all the fees like that, that buy you books. Know, books the bullshit racket that's books all right um you can follow us on twitter it, at people. word salad radio you can join our uh, Facebook group, The Word Salad Radio Heads, uh, which I hope you do. Hope you get active with it. We like interacting with our, our listeners when they decide to deem us with their attention. <laughs> <laughs> you saying that it's not the most active uh, bunch of people? It's not the most vocal group, our, uh, our listeners, but w- the ones who do, we love them. Tony is pretty active. I like him. Tony's very it's... active. She's the best. You're very active. I try to be. I try to jump in there. If other people are listening to Patreon stuff, I don't know. They don't really engage with it, but I hope so. I hope I'm not just doing this stuff in vain. <laughs> I know I know Trevor listens. Okay, that's cool. He he caught up on stuff. Well, I don't know about Ray. That's exciting. I don't know. I don't know. I think what Ray's Ray doing. I think Ray does listen at least to stuff when he can. He's got a long commute now, so he should be listening. He gets plenty of stuff. That's it. That's it, people. We hope you enjoyed these shows that we mashed up. <laughs> Thanks John for coming on always we'll do it again soon yes and we will see you next time I didn't really mean to hurt you I didn't